Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. All you can do is to remain dumb and leave room for God to come in as He likes. The point for us is, do I believe in God apart from my reasoning about Him? Theology is a great thing, so is a man's creed, but God is greater than either. And the next greatest thing is my relationship to Him. This is, by the way, what this is all about. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Job. No matter how well we follow Christian regulations, it's crucial that our relationship with Christ remains first. Pastor J.D. helps us realize that as we grow in our faith, we will come across situations which will force us to reassess understandings we mistook as truths. Allow your relationship with Christ to be that which you build all else around. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, Here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Job, chapter 3, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. He's asking rhetorically, really, hey, Job, Job, can I, can I talk? Can I, can I, can I say something to you? Can I, can I be honest with you? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. If Job would have said no, he was going to do it anyway. It's like, you know, I I just can't be quiet anymore. I just got to. I got to I got to say this to you. And then he proceeds to basically tell him that he needs to practice what he preaches. Oh wow, we're off to a great start here. Verse 6. Is not your reverence, your confidence and the integrity of your ways, your hope? Remember now, whoever perished being innocent. Ah. Or where were the upright ever cut off? Even as I have seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. By the blast of God they perish, and by the breath of his anger they are consumed. The roaring of the lion, the voice of the fierce lion, and the teeth of the young lions are broken. The old lion perishes for lack of prey, and the cubs of the lioness are Scattered. You know what he's doing here? He's insinuating that Job has a guilty conscience. In other words, he's saying in effect that Job, if you were innocent, you would be more confident if you were innocent. And in other words, uh, you, you know, you know you're not innocent. Because if you were, you wouldn't be acting this way. You wouldn't be talking this way. Again, I want to quote Chambers on this. He says, this is not true. (laughs) Job is suffering because God and Satan have made a battleground of his soul without giving him any warning or any explanation. It is an easy thing to argue from precedent 
because it makes everything simple. But it is a risky thing to do. Give God elbow room. Let him come into his universe as he pleases. One of the things we're going to talk about and even have uh, talked about already is how that this is Eliphaz's theology. Good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. So here he sees his friend and this is a very bad thing. Must mean that Job is bad. This is what I call insert tab A into slot B Christianity. Uh, The reason why you're going through this is because there's sin in your life. I know I've shared this before, but early on, uh, when my wife and I were first married, we, we could not have children. They uh, told us that we had what they call unexplained infertility. So, you know, here we're, you know, crying out to God. We're wanting to have children. And this friend of mine, really good friend, actually, my Eliphaz, <laughs> came up to me and basically said to me, the reason why you can't have children is because there's sin in your life. And he even proceeded to tell me what that sin was, very specific. I mean, with with specificity, and I mean down almost to the day, because this is a childhood friend of mine, that I had actually, um, you know, shared the Lord with, and then he eventually came to the Lord uh, years later after I did. And he uh, recalled the day, almost the weather report on that day, <laughs> of that particular sin for which God was punishing me uh, for by not allowing me to have uh, children. And what's interesting is the theology is the same here. And this is why I pointed out, um, this is a bad thing. You must be a bad person. Because if you were a good person, then God would bring good into your life. But because there's this bad thing now, it must mean that there's a bad thing in your life. And he pointed out what uh, it was. And he couldn't have been more wrong. And like Chambers, I could say, this is not true. This is the problem that we have. And I want to talk about this in a, in a moment. Now, verse 12, Eliphaz continues. It gets worse. Now, a word was secretly brought to me, and my ear received the whisper of it, in disquieting thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on men. It's really dramatic, yeah? Fear came upon me, verse 14, and trembling, which made all my bones shake. Then a spirit passed before my face. The hair on my body stood up. It stood still, but I could not discern its appearance. A form was before my eyes. There was silence Then I heard a voice saying, can a mortal be more righteous than God? Can a man be more pure than his maker? You see where this is going, yeah? If he puts no trust in his servants, if he charges his angels with error, how much more those who dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, who are crushed before a moth, they are broken in pieces from morning till evening. They perish forever with no one regarding. Does not their own excellence go away? They die even without wisdom. Okay, let me just say uh, right out of the chute here 
that I am so thankful for passages like the one we just read here in the Word of God. And the reason I say that is because it speaks to a very, very important matter. I don't think it can be overstated. What I'm talking about and referring to here is those well-intentioned brothers and sisters in Christ who claim that God has given them a word for you. This is one of those, thus saith the Lord's. And again, with Eliphaz, it's pretty dramatic. You know, what Job, what, I, I, I had this vision, this word came to me, and it was at night, when that, that when you're, you know, about ready to fall asleep, and those visions come into your head, and it was this form that passed before me. I couldn't make out, and then it was silent, and then, and then it spoke. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. I always like to say when people say to me, you know, the Lord really spoke to me about your situation. I'm like, wow, I wonder why he wouldn't talk to me. He's got my email address. He's got my number. He could text me. He could message me. Why is he giving you a message for me? We're on talking terms. He's not giving me the silent treatment here. I'm surely not giving him the silent treatment. I'm asking him to speak to me and to reveal to me and to talk to me, and I'm in his word, and you're telling me that he gave you his word for me and not me? My word? That the word that he has for me? It reminds me of a story. Uh, this is many, many years ago in a land far, far away. This uh, very attractive young lady, this, this is back when I was single, came up to me and she said, man, and she pointed the guy out in, in church, said, he approached me the other day and he said, God spoke to him and told him that I'm to marry him. And she's like, well, God didn't tell me that. <laughs> so what, what are you talking about? Well, this is what Eliphaz is doing here. He's claiming to speak on God's behalf as if he had a word from God and had to give this word from God to Job. And again, this is uh, the why behind the what here. If you think about it, he has to do this. And here's why. If he doesn't, then his theology, his aforementioned theology, is completely and totally dismantled and destroyed. If his word, so supposedly, that he received from the Lord, this vision that he got for Job, the Lord speaking to him concerning Job, being unrighteous with sin as the reason for all of his suffering. If, if he's wrong, then wow, that's pretty earth shaking as far as his theology is concerned. Because again, good things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. Bad things don't happen to good people. And good things really don't and can't happen to bad people. By the way, you know that proverb that says the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike? When I was a, a new believer, I always thought, man, yeah, you know, God, get him. You know, the rain falls on the just and the unjust, you know. But rain's a good thing in an agricultural society. No, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. In other words, God gives good rain to bad people, to unjust people. So there's, there cannot be this 
again, insert tab A into slot B when it comes to our theology. And this is why Eliphaz cannot be more wrong than he is. I want to, uh, again, quote uh, Chambers. I hope you don't tire of me doing so. But he writes about this theology. This is what he says. He, speaking of Eliphaz, can tell Job everything about God, but When we come to the facts of the case, we find that the man who is criticizing Job is not fit to sit down beside him. Now listen to this. If the study of the book of Job is making us reverent with what we don't understand, we are gaining insight. There is suffering before which you cannot say a word. You cannot preach the gospel of temperament. All you can do is to remain dumb and leave room for God to come in as he likes. The point for us is, do I believe in God apart from my reasoning about him? Theology is a great thing. So is a man's creed. But God is greater than either. And the next greatest thing is my relationship to him. This is, by the way, what this is all about. When you really get down to it, Job's theology too is on the table throughout this whole experience. G. Campbell Morgan said it this way, Eliphaz had no knowledge of those secret councils in heaven and was making the mistake of attempting to press all things into the compass of his philosophy. This is the danger. This is the danger. Here's what happens. We take situations in our lives, the the circumstances of our lives, and we view them through the lens of our faulty theology. And from that, we draw these conclusions that can have just horrific consequences, especially as it relates to our understanding of God. And we've been talking about this on Sunday mornings, and the reason is because this is perhaps one of the most dangerous things for a Christian, is to misinterpret what God is doing in our lives as God is punishing me, or God is angry with me. God is not angry with me. There's no more wrath. There's no more condemnation. There's no more anger. There's no more guilt for those that are in Christ Jesus. God took all of his anger, all of his wrath, and he placed it on his only begotten son on that Roman cross almost 2,000 years ago. God is not angry. God never disciplines his children in anger. It's always in love. And God does not, and I want to be careful when I say this because this is, I'm convinced the enemy every time when this topic is brought up, because this is one of his most powerful weapons against Christians, is to get us to think that God is mad at us. Because if he can get us to think that God is mad at us, then we're going to distance ourselves from the Lord. And that is his chief purpose and goal. Because before we become Christians, he tries to keep us from coming to Christ. And then once we become Christians, he shifts his strategy. And now he wants to distance us from Christ. And how's he going to do that? 
by getting us to believe that God is punishing us, God is through with us, God is angry with us, God wants nothing to do with us. God's going to allow all of these things to happen because he's angry. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. He disciplines those whom he loves. And discipline to me is different than punishment because discipline, I believe, comes from the root word disciple. He's training. He's disciplining. He's he's correcting. And if he didn't love me, he wouldn't bother, right? Had a football coach in high school. He said, when you need to worry is when I stop yelling at you. When I stop correcting you, when I stop training and disciplining you, that's when you start worrying. Because at that point, I basically have given up any hope. I'm through with you. The reason why I'm so hard on you is because I love you and I want to correct you. And I believe in you. And I want you to do well. And I'm not please, I'm not trying to liken my, uh, you know, former very strict, very mean, <laughs> you know, everybody was just, you know, fearful of him, a good fear and the, you know, the sense that he was just so strict, you know, and so hard on us, but it's because he cared. You know, if I, if I didn't care, I wouldn't bother. And so why does God correct us? God corrects us because he loves us. And that's how we know that were his children. Now, the problem we have is, is that we believe the Eliphaz in our lives. And we start doubting. And we start thinking, you know, maybe they're right. You know, maybe God is mad at me. And then we start that process of distancing ourselves from the Lord. And it's the worst possible thing that we could ever do. Chapter 5, verse 1, he continues, Call out now, (laughs) is there anyone who will answer you? And to which of the holy ones will you turn? For wrath kills a foolish man, and envy slaps a simple one. I have seen the foolish taking root, but suddenly I curse his dwelling place. His sons are far from safety. They are crushed in the gate. Hang on to that. I want to mention that in a second. You know what he's actually referring to here? This is just unbelievable. They are crushed in the gate, and there is no deliverer, because the hungry eat up his harvest, taking it even from the thorns, and a snare snatches their substance. For affliction does not come from the dust, nor does trouble just spring from the ground, yet man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. (laughs) Here's what he's doing. He's going from telling Job what he thinks God has told him to now telling Job what he should do about what God has told him. And he does so under the banner of sparks don't just fly up unless there's a reason. Suffering doesn't just happen unless there's a reason. Things just don't happen for no reason. You know that saying, I've never, I've never been able to, let me just say the saying, you know the saying, everything happens for a reason. Wait, wait, not so fast. Not so fast. Everything happens. Doesn't that sound a little bit like karma? Tit for tat, sow and reap. 
Wait, wait, wait. Uh, everything happens for a reason. That, that's cause and effect, isn't it? No, I'm asking. Isn't that cause and effect? Well, wait a minute. We're dealing with a God that you cannot place in your cause and effect box. You can't limit God. This is the God that has the number and the names of every single star that are too numerous to count in all of the universes. He created them. He numbered them. He named them. And you're telling me that everything is this and this? What if God wants to do that? How about that? You can't do that in your theology because you've got them limited to this box, this cause and effect box, this tab A into slot B box. You can't do that with God. And see, this is what he's continuing. And then how cruel is this? Hey, a man's sons don't just get crushed to death for no reason. There must be a reason, Job. Oh. Listen, I, I've tasted from the cup of the death of one child. I cannot imagine the death of ten of them, all ten of my children, seven sons and three daughters. I can't even imagine that. And then to have a so-called friend rub your face in that? Well, there's a reason why God killed your ten children, Job. Things don't, don't just happen. Everything happens for a reason. Well, wait a minute, Eliphaz. What if there is no reason? What if the reason that this has happened is too high for your finite understanding? Because it is. How about that? I love what Chambers says too, and I I know I've quoted this uh, often. You know, we expect God to come in through a door, right? And... Well, the problem is, what, what if God doesn't want to come in through that door? What do you think? No, he needs to come in through that door. Well, wait a minute. What if he wants to come in through the window? Can he come in through the window? Of course he can. He's got, oh, I'm sorry. Does that not fit your tidy, little, finite theology? Is your God so little that he has to function in your way and according to your reasons? Apparently for Eliphaz he does. And then to insinuate, and that's for lack of a better word, that Job's children were killed because of him and his sin. Could you imagine? Here's Job for the life of him. Trying to think, man, did I steal a candy bar when I was three? I don't, did I confess that? I don't remember. Thanks for listening to In Spirit and Truth. We hope Pastor J.D. Farag's message from the book of Job has blessed you and given you hope in the midst of your own life struggles. If you'd like to hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D., simply visit our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com and click on Listen at the top of the page. There you'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast or you can download messages to share with your family and friends. Are you a part of a church family? The Bible urges us to find fellowship with other believers, not only for purposes of community, but also for the health of your own personal spiritual walk. You too can contribute valuable and unique gifts to the body of Christ, giving support in the ways God has designed you to. 
If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd be thrilled to welcome you to our fellowship here at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Our weekly services are on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. We focus on studying God's Word and worshiping our Creator, all while getting to know each other better through Christ's love. Location information and directions can be found by going to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at the bottom of the page. We're excited to share this time with you in person, and we're so glad you spent time with us here today on In Spirit and Truth. May God bless you as you continue to study His Word and follow His path for your life. Pastor J.D. will have more to share from the book of Job when you tune in next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Right with you, holding me true.